Hi, this is Lisa Gebulagan, Editor-in-Chief of Women's Health Australia. While our team works on new episodes, we are revisiting some of our old faves. In this chat with Lindy Cohen, aka The Nude Nutritionist, she speaks to our commissioning editor, Alex Davies, on ditching diet culture. Don't sacrifice 95% of your life to weigh 5% less. Well, we have these celebrities who are worth millions or billions getting paid extra money to promote laxatives to us in the name of health when there is no evidence to support that any of this stuff works. So I have clinical anxiety. I speak to a counsellor. And I reckon, why do we wait until we feel like we're drowning to get help? Hey everyone, I'm Alex Davis, Features Editor at Women's Health Australia. Thanks for tuning in to the latest instalment of Women's Health Uninterrupted. Today's guest is all about real talk. Her CV might read dietitian, nutritionist, author and speaker, but she's also a fierce advocate for body positivity and transparency in a world full of confusion about what it means and takes to be healthy and happy. Someone once described her to me as the ultimate no-diet dietitian. After experiencing firsthand the impact of diet culture, she made it her mission to help us all look beyond the scales and live richer, happier lives for it. Whether she's talking about confidence, carbs, changing our mindset, or why detox teas are, quite literally, a load of crap. You might know her on social media as the nude nutritionist from her book of the same name or more recently from her brand new online program, Back to Basics, which is all about helping us to live healthily when life is hectic. It's my pleasure to welcome Lindy Cohen. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's so good to be here. I know you've just been on holiday as well. You only just recently came back from Fiji. Is that right? It was divine. Like I I lay in a hammock and I had cocktails and I swam (laughs) and it was just like exactly what I needed. I've never been. It's so on my bucket list. You just need that chill time, I think, sometimes. It's delicious. Anyone, I would recommend Fiji. It's so close to us. Yeah. And I know that the first time we met, I was thinking about before when I was organizing myself for this, and the first time we met was at an event a few months or so ago. And I remember just being really engaged and intrigued by you. And then I started following you on Instagram and your name, I was like, the nude nutritionist. <laughs> Intriguing. All right, cool. How did you come up with that? What drove that choice? I've just got a free um, to anyone who's watching who hasn't seen my Instagram. There are no nude pics on my, <laughs> on my Instagram feed. It is all clean, family fun. I started being a dietitian and I looked around and there was a lot of nonsense on social media promoting all this wacky kind of superfood. And I I like the idea of stripping back nutrition to the bare basics, yeah. the stuff we actually need to be healthy. So the new nutritionist is just that. It's stripping things back to the way that makes it easy for us to eat healthily and without the nonsense. Yeah, clearing through that confusion for everyone. Yeah, and you know, yeah. I have a no Photoshop policy because, um, and that also plays into the nude nutritionist because I don't want anyone to think that I am someone who I'm not. Like, if someone meets me in person, you sh- you should recognize me from who I am on Instagram. And I think at the moment we have all these influencers who have these constructed ideas of who they're meant to be, and I think it all plays into health. So the nude nutritionist is very much this idea of just being exactly as I am, turning up as I am, um, without filters, without Photoshop. Um, and, and, and presenting that version of health, really, the real version of health. So talking about who you are, take me back. What were you like as a kid? Where did you grow up? Let's go back to baby Lindy. Yeah, baby Lindy. Oh, well, she was, uh, I grew up, I was born in South Africa. We immigrated when I was four years old. Um, by the time I was six, I think I knew that I was slightly bigger than the other girls. Um, I think it was something in ballet class. And I just remember looking at everyone's legs versus my legs and just noting the difference there. Mm. But I think things didn't really escalate until I was 10 or 11 years old. I hit puberty 
a bit earlier. Um, and that's when I started to get really concerned about my weight. I, I borrowed, borrowed my mom's calorie counter book and very quickly I became pretty obsessed with the numbers in there. Um, and that's a, Age 11 was the first time I went to see a nutritionist. And she basically said to me, listen, you are a normal weight. There's nothing to really be concerned about. But here's a meal plan. Here's a diet for you to follow to help you eat healthily and not gain any more weight, pretty much. Mm. Um, And so I thought, great, this is wonderful. I get to look like all the people I think I'm meant to look like. Um, And it was all under the guise of healthy eating, right? But really what it was about is trying to control how I looked and look nice and so I'd be popular. Mm. Um, And so I started dieting at the age of 11 pretty seriously. And um, by the time I was 15, I knew the calories in every single food. I was hugely obsessed with what I looked like and how I, how much I weighed. It took up so much of my brain power. I'd lie in bed each night and just feel really guilty if I'd messed up for that day. I'd do these really crazy things. Like I'd put a backpack with all my like work stuff for school and I'd walk to school, which was an hour and 15 minutes away. And then I'd walk home just so I got extra two hours of exercise a day. And this wow. is so messed up. And yet, you know, this sounds like a bit of an extreme ex- example, but this was happening all around me. I wasn't the only one in my school who was struggling with disordered eating and mm. it became normalized. And I think that's kind of a bit of a problem. By the time I was 21, right, my food, my relationship with food had gotten so twisted. I had developed binge eating disorder, which is basically when you restrict food so much that you, as soon as you're left alone, you demolish everything and you can't stop. There's like no end point. It's beyond just emotional eating. It's just like you can't eat enough because mm-hmm. you, you never really feel satiated. You always have this deep sense of deprivation and not allowedness. Mm-hmm. And so it drove me to eat. And by the time I was 21, I graduated as a dietitian. And as I graduated, I thought to myself, there is no way I'm practicing teaching people what I've been taught this whole time um, when all the nutritionists I went to made me more obsessed with my weight. They didn't make me healthier. And through learning dietetics and nutrition, it actually got me to really appreciate that health isn't about the calories, that there's so much more to it. And I decided that I was going to start to practice differently, that I was going to become the nutritionist, the dietitian who didn't make people feel obsessed and crappy about themselves, to be honest. Yeah. That was why I was going to ask you something actually as well about your training to be a dietitian they're all going on alongside each other, the the feelings you're going through and that training. That must have been so hard to juggle those two together, the things you're hearing versus what you're feeling in your head. How was that for you? Yeah, totally. I mean, I got into nutrition for all the wrong reasons. Um, I, I, I know that I was, I was 17 when I decided I was going to become a nutritionist because that way it's going to be the best way for me to allow this obsession of mine to become something I get paid for. And I think that's really deeply unhealthy. And by the time I graduated, luckily, and I've noticed this a lot, is people do study nutrition, they study dietetics, and they do come out the other side going, it is more than what you weigh. And that did profoundly change me. But I, 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 you know, the whole time while I'm going to, you know, classes, while I'm studying nutrition, I'm trying to reconcile all these things I've been taught my whole life. Like you need to be thin to be worthy. You need to weigh less. It doesn't matter what you sacrifice. You just need to be, you know, weigh less. So what would happen is I, I lived, I worked in, I went to Newcastle University. So I moved away from Sydney and I would come home after, you know, having really extreme unhealthy habits. And by that, I mean, not really eating and over-exercising. And then I'd come home 
And everyone would tell me how fantastic I looked, not knowing that I hadn't been eating or like I was actually deeply sick. And I think this is the problem we have. And I know I'm digressing, but when we see people and we go, oh my God, you look so fantastic. What have you been doing? We don't know. Like, are they deeply depressed and they can't eat because they feel so sad? Are they not eating because they don't feel like they're worth enough? And people say, oh, well, telling someone that they've lost weight is a compliment. No, it's a comment on someone's weight. What we need to start doing is thinking about better compliments to give people, especially women who are and get told you are the sum of what you weigh today as opposed to I love the way you've done that or I love your intelligence or all these kinds of things. I think the first thing is just to become really aware of that judgment. So a lot of the work I do is on helping people feel better in themselves and better in their bodies and, mm. and healthy within that. One of the things I always recommend is something called a low judgment diet. It's the only diet I recommend, to be <laughs> honest. And it's basically this idea that we think, oh, well, I, I don't want to hate myself so much. I want to stop myself hate. But I think telling someone, oh, talk to yourself like you speak to your best friend isn't so practical. Like, we all say it, but like how often how do we do that? I think a really easy, practical way for us to start learning how to do that is to stop being judgmental about other people's looks. Step one. So like when the newsreader comes up on TV, we have this temptation where we're like, oh, maybe she's got too much makeup on. Oh, I don't really like what she's wearing today. Oh, she looks like she's gained weight. Run into someone we haven't seen in a while. We have the exact same comments about someone and we're constantly assessing people based on what they look like. So step one is becoming A, aware that we're doing this Mm. and B, learning to stop doing that. And then what happens is when you become less judgmental about other people, that really does flow on into yourself. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I, I wish we, we spoke about it more, this idea that we just kind of judge less and we, that's how we love ourselves more. And that changing relationship for you, I mean, you were saying about, you know, becoming a dietitian and when you qualified and graduated thinking, you know what, I want to take a positive message out into the world and the work that I'm doing. Yeah. Was there a, a turning point for you in terms of that mindset? Was it age? Was it time? What actually, or something someone said perhaps? What was that turning point for mm-hmm. you? It's a great question. It took me, it took, it's taken years. I mean, I got, I got to say, this has been quite a journey. I've been doing this now for seven years. Mm. And I think only in the last two years have I really been confident in myself to go, things aren't right. The way that we're currently doing nutrition and that we're integrating that into someone's weight is wrong and it needs to change. And then I've gotten the confidence to say things have got to start to to move in a different direction. And earlier, I was a little bit too afraid of offending anyone or saying the wrong thing. But ultimately, I do not want people to continue to have to live in this world where we think that just because someone is thin, that they are healthy, or that we assume that person, a person who's in a size 16 body shouldn't have access to exercise clothing that's made. In, I mean, the, you know, I don't know, this whole like Nike mannequin thing expa- yeah, like, yeah. exploded a couple of weeks ago, this idea that people were so angry that you would have a mannequin who's a size 16, when what we really want is for people of all sizes to be exercising. And, you know, up until this point, we've had mannequins who are so underweight that they wouldn't be able to menstruate. We're, we're living in a world where all these things around us are pretty pretty messed up and we think it's normal. And I think we've got to get out of this idea that that to be healthy, that you need to be young, you need to be pretty, you need to be a certain size and that you need to look perfect. And I think we can't underestimate how much information is constantly telling us that we need to look a certain way to be healthy. It's rubbish. It's got to change. 
And I guess that's why I'm here to do this work. That Nike mannequin thing was absolutely massive. And I remember you doing yeah. a post about it. And we were talking earlier about both how we love um, Jamila Jamil on Instagram. She's the best. She's the star of The Good Place. Everyone follow her on Instagram. She's fantastic. Really good body positive vibes. And yeah. you two actually, I think, in your ethos have a lot in common. And I remember we were saying about that. And it was like, if that's what people are worried about, that is the wrong thing to be worried about. How have we got to a point where we're thinking mm. that this mannequin is the problem? So. Yeah, man. I'm excited to see where we get to. Things are changing. Yeah. I, you know, and I know I'm very deeper in it. But people are starting to see health in a different way. They're mm. starting to think about weight in a different way. I hear a lot of people will say to me, oh, you know, I went to my GP and I went to go have a chat about, you know, my mental health, for example. But my GP couldn't get over the fact that I wasn't in the healthy BMI range, you know. And so they spend the entire time talking to me about how I needed to lose weight as opposed to helping me with my depression. Mm. This is such a common thing. So we have a lot of outdated healthcare professionals who are still using something as silly as the BMI to assess people's health, which, and by the way, if you don't know, the BMI is a population-based tool to assess loads of people. It isn't something that can be applied to single people. Like if you took an athlete and you run them into the BMI, they're going to come out as overweight or obese, or they're going to come out as underweight. And if you look at the lineup of Olympic athletes who, who go out each year, the diversity in bodies is so out of control. We cannot assume that people need to fit into this narrow mold just to be healthy. And unfortunately, we've still got a lot of people thinking that's the case. So there's a lot of work to be done. I'm hoping this is going to, you know, in the next 10 years, 20 years, this is all going to be very normal and we won't think it's a novelty at all. Yeah. So just thinking about your work as a dietitian, obviously yeah. you've got a big social media presence too. And I'd love to know when it comes to food, nutrition, what is the most common question that people are asking you about? What is the most common topic of women, especially that we're throwing at you for information about? Yeah. Okay. Two questions. What, what the hell do I eat? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, and and how much of it should I eat? And so we we look to information like, oh, like give me a meal plan. If you give me a meal plan, then I'll know exactly when and how much to eat. Mm. And the thing is, meal plans are actually just diets in disguise. You know, even if you call it a you know a balanced, healthy meal plan lifestyle, whatever words you want to try add to it to make it sound like it's not a diet, it's still a diet. You can't live on a meal plan for the rest of your life. Um, and I think we were desperate for people to tell us what to eat because every day it's like, oh carbs are bad. No, carbs are good. Now sugar's good. Now sugar's not bad. Like how, it's mind boggling. So we're so overwhelmed by what we should eat. And, and I guess just to simplify it, each of us are different. What I eat isn't, I, I don't want to show you what I eat on a day on my plate because if you ate it, it might not be right for you. One thing you really need to know in terms of how much to eat is just going on your hunger. So your hunger is your body's natural inbuilt mechanism for helping you manage your weight. That's why we have appetite. It is our weight management system. So when our body has had too much energy, we feel like full and satiated. And when we get hungry, our body's like, hey, I'd love a top up of energy. So if we stop thinking about all these food rules, rules like you must have breakfast, it's the most important meal of the day. You have to eat every two hours to be healthy, whatever nonsense that is. Mm. When we stop listening to that and we just get back to our body's intrinsic um, intelligence it will tell us when to eat. And when we stop giving ourselves such food rules like you can't eat this, you have to eat this, what we realize is actually we prefer eating healthily. When we eat healthily, we feel good. When you eat too much, you don't, that's not a nice feeling. So your body's constantly trying to give you feedback, whether that's how much to eat and what to eat. So when we stop referring to this expert or this influencer for whatever kind of nonsense they're selling us and we just tune into our body, we realize that A, we like eating things like, maybe we like eating things like fruit. Um, um, 
or, you know, the, the amount of people who think that fruit is fattening. I mean, the other day someone asked me, is peas, do, do peas have too many carbohydrates in it? And I'm like, oh, yeah. this is a carbohydrate, but this is the point where we're at. There's a really common misconceptions. Mm. Um, and, and just for the record, guys, all vegetables, all fruits, all legumes, all grains. This is good stuff for us. And anyone who tells you otherwise is talking nonsense and they don't know what they're talking about and refer to an expert, please. <laughs> and I, cause I know one of the events we actually did meet at was um, one about brown rice, about carbohydrates. You have been talking to me about that carb phobia that so many yeah. of us still have. And I know like, you know, even working in the space that we do, I'll still have moments where I'm like, oh God, am I, I have brown rice for lunch. Am I okay to have a bit of pasta for dinner? And totally. it's something that's so ingrained in us from a young age. And are you seeing that so much with people on social media, the women you work with? And It's still there. I mean, I think for many years now, we've kind of realized the carbs aren't bad for us. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, as you said, it's, it's so ingrained into the way we think about health and the way we think about food. Carbs are not fattening. They're just not. And I think, you know, what people miss is, to be honest, it's the stuff that we overeat on. Like when we, when we're having lots of chocolates and we're having lollies and we, we overeat and we drink too much. That is, to be honest, the stuff that we should be working on. But when we also think, all right, well, I can't have carbohydrates. We actually have so much willpower. Willpower is like a muscle, right? Like, yes, it does get stronger with time, but ultimately you can only do so much with it before it kind of like <laughs> needs a rest. Um, and so I think we're wasting a lot of our willpower on trying to do things that don't need doing. Like we're trying to go, oh, I can only eat so many carbs. And so we're wasting precious willpower on stuff that doesn't need doing instead of going, listen, I'm not going to buy chocolate this week. Well, I want to buy one, one block of chocolate this week as opposed to two. Mm. These small little changes that actually do make a difference. And we're worrying about the number of pieces of bread we had. And I think we're getting so lost, so confused by it all. Um, we're missing the big picture. Yeah. I love that idea of taking away the rules around yourself and it takes that pressure off straight away, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's the, the language we use around food is so important. Yeah. And this is one of the things I talk about in my book, um, The New Nutritionist, is the idea that we shouldn't be having calling food good or bad. We know this, but um, we still refer to things like treat. And one of the things you can start to do, we can all do right now while you're listening to this, is start to refer <laughs> to food as sometimes or everyday food. So sometimes, yes, why not have some chocolate? Yeah, yum. I mean, I love chocolate. Don't cut it out of your life because can you really live without chocolate for the rest of your life? I don't want that life. That's no, not a life neither. I aspire to have. <laughs> so cutting it out for a week uh, or a month, I'm not impressed by that. What I want you to do instead is think, okay, it's something I have more occasionally. And everyday food is the stuff I get to fill up on every day, especially if you have kids. This is the language we want to be referring to. It's not good or bad, right or wrong. Um, it just is sometimes or every day. Yeah, that's such a good point, actually, if you're a parent as well. That language is so a lot of people inherit their thoughts about food, I think, from the people they're growing up with and the people in their lives. So it does make that difference, doesn't it? The sponges are listening. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Something else I wanted to kind of get you started on almost because you're so vocal about it on Instagram, detox teas. Talk to me about that because, you know, I love the idea of clearing up some of these misconceptions people have around nutrition. And I feel like the detox kind of industry was – Hey, it's been around for a while, but then it suddenly has got huge more mm. recently. You know, there's celebrities at war, there's Instagram comments kind of going off. And t- talk to me about that. What's going on here? Well, we have these celebrities who are worth millions or billions getting paid extra money to promote laxatives to us in the name of health when there is no evidence to support that any of this stuff works. If anything, what it is promoting is disordered eating, laxative abuse, which can ruin your gut health, which can impact on your mental health. This is 
a major issue. I don't think you know, none of these products are FDA approved. None of them are actually something that, that any healthcare professional would ever be recommending. Mm. And none of them have proven to actually keep the weight off. What happens is they dehydrate you. You feel so ill that you can't leave the house and then you don't eat. And then you regain the weight when you start eating again and you go back to the old lifestyle that you previously had. We've done um, stories about it in the magazine and people have spoken to us about how they found it and people make, you know, becoming ill over it, like you say, and kind of chained to the toilet, basically. And Honestly, yeah. you feel so sick. It mm. is a really terrible feeling. So basically, we are so desperate to lose weight that we are willing to make ourselves sick. Mm. And people are earning money off this and people are promoting this and thinking it's okay. It's not okay. So this is something in the industry that's absolutely got to change. Um, and, you know, all of us can kind of A, stop buying the products and B, be a little bit more savvy about what is actually happening. And I think we can, you know, if you're on Instagram and you see one of these posts, you don't have to write a nice friendly comment. You can actually vocalize that this is rubbish and this is a crappy product. It's mm. a crappy product. <laughs> makes you shit yourself. Let's be honest. So what would be the kind of, if you could sum it up in a sentence or two, the philosophy you'd love to put out there in terms of nutrition and food? What do you want us all to, mm. to really live by, I guess? I'd say don't sacrifice 95% of your life to weigh 5% less. Health is about listening to your body and, you know, you don't avoid carbs, just avoid crappy health advice. Yeah. <laughs> I say, and you've got your new program which is all about that yeah. I think it just when we're filming this it just launched yesterday yes, in relation it, to that it's fresh it's um, called it's called Back to back Basics, to basics. Yeah, yeah and it's it's that it's that simple principle so basically for years I've been telling people don't diet diets suck they, they, they don't work and yet everyone around me smart wonderful brilliant people kept dieting and I was like what is I'm not having any effect until I realized that I needed to provide a solution so basically, I don't want you to diet anymore. I want you just to get back to the basics, the stuff that you really need to do. So back to basics is, it, it's a pretty awesome product in that it it's, gives you 20 minute healthy recipes each weeknight. So it's not a meal plan, just each weeknight. It's helping you with that meal planning thing. Cause like you got to map out all the ingredients you need. And then what you can do is, cause it's all done for you, mm. is you click a button and you can add it to your grocery cart. So in Australia, that's for, you know, in Woolworths, um, that you can literally just shop the ingredients directly from, back to basics. Um, and in the UK, it's like Tesco, it's Ocado, it's it's in Amazon, Amazon Fresh, it's a Walmart in America, it's in Canada. It's like it's all around the world that you can shop your groceries. That's why I said to you, it's so fantastic, let alone having the facility to kind of shop the ingredients list. But to have that globally as well, it's fantastic. It's so it's so exciting. So yeah. basically, it's like we're doing the meal planning. We're doing the grocery shopping, plus you get exercises. So you get three 20-minute workouts each week. So it's mm. Pilates, yoga, and strength stuff. So let's say you're at home and you want to go out. You can just do an effective 20-minute workout at home with me by fitness professionals are running it. Of course, I wouldn't. I would get you know the proper people to, to teach us how to do it. And plus, on the other days, you get mindset videos because mm. I don't believe that just you know, helping you with healthy recipes and doing that stuff is enough. You need to also be thinking about things differently when it comes to food so that this is a long-term approach. So mm -hmm. Back to Basics is very much about getting the basics under your belt so that you can just live healthily. It's about setting up with cooking more food, exercising, and enjoying the process. It's not more complicated than that. You don't need to diet. You don't need to cut out whole foods. You just cook more, exercise, be well, mm -hmm. easy. I like the focus of it as well that I think I've watched some of your videos around it and it's the idea of giving you strategies and things to do when life is busy, which it often 
for all of us can get so hectic sometimes and and it's about that kind of fueling your hectic days and I'd love to ask you as a dietitian and you know as someone in this space what are some of the things that you know we all can do or people listening can do kind of those energy strategies what are some things that we can do to keep us you know running as we want to during the day Mm. I think we all know what to eat right Mm. like generally we're like yeah vegetables more junk food less pretty obvious (laughs) right but we and we can eat healthily for a week or two but when life gets busy that's when things fall off the bandwagon right and then we're like oh i've got to start all over from scratch then monday comes around you're like oh on the bandwagon again try it again this whole cycle keeps repeating itself um a you got to acknowledge that this is happening to you that you're Mm -hmm. stuck in this cycle of of good bad all or nothing thinking because this is the limiting thing and if you are busy then you need some strategies around it so um one of the things I would recommend is rely on convenience stuff wherever possible. So stuff like tins of tins of um, beans, tins of tomatoes, this kind of like quick, healthy food. I literally will add a tin of tomato to everything that I cook because it's going to save you time. It's going to add an extra two serves of vegetables at least mm. and help you be healthy. You do not need to exercise for an hour every day. I know that is the recommendation, but it's it, for most of us, it's not realistic. And so what ends up happening is like we have to exercise for an hour a day. And so we get really busy and nothing happens. We don't do any exercise because we were stuck in this mindset that we needed to do all or nothing. Yeah. What I'm saying is we need to actually just accept that a little bit is is actually more. So sometimes we need to sacrifice a little bit of perfection when it comes to health to get more consistency because um, it's unrealistic to keep thinking that we're going to cook all our food from scratch when life is chaotic. So I think a healthy dose of realism, quick recipes that don't take a million – aren't like a million weird superfoods where you got to like sell a kidney to be able to afford one or like climb to Himalayan mountains and like harvest it and then come <laughs> back and then like cook your food. Like none of that nonsense. Like we just got to get into a mindset of like it can be simple. It can be easy. It doesn't have to be expensive. You don't need to spend a lot of money either. Mm. Um, most of the the health – like the foods that we should eat more, like legumes are so super cheap. They are – it's ridiculous and they are honestly one of the healthiest foods that we can be eating. Frozen produce, just as healthy as the fresh stuff it's snap frozen save time wherever you can keep it simple and opt out of anyone who's telling you that you got to actually you know do it all from scratch and make it super complicated and all the things right like what are they talking about i don't know you know who has time to do that i don't (laughs) obviously you know we're talking so much about the wellness world kind of in this chat but it's such a massive thing at the moment i feel like even just working in the space we were saying is so exciting because everyone's so interested in everything from you know like we were saying how they're eating what exercise they're doing their gut health their mental health everything do you think it's has its upsides it's exciting that we're all kind of so interested in our health and well-being at the moment absolutely and i think what's really exciting this whole conversation we're having around mental health mm. about being well feeling good you know you got like maslow's hierarchy of needs right we're at this point now where we're living longer than we ever have before where we're living better lives than we ever have before. Yet, we also have highest rates of mental illness that we've ever had. So people are having chats around mental illness. They're like realizing it's, you know, we all kind of get, we do get depressed. It's okay if you're not feeling okay, you can get help. So that's something that's brilliant. We're feeling connected by it. Healthy eating is becoming more accessible than it's ever been. It's Mm. not just reserved for the affluent and the privileged anymore, which is really great. Um, And we're all just realizing that we can just do a little bit. It has its downsides as well i mean i think the it's so easy to fall into obsession Mm. it's so especially at the moment with the way the health is currently being taught um it's it's it can be quite overwhelming you know we get to the point where we lie in bed each night when we're feeling really 
bad about the fact that we didn't eat the right foods that day. Um, and I think what happens is it can take over our lives sometimes. So especially when we're constantly getting taught about be healthy, be healthy, be healthy from all these directions, it can feel like that is our life's purpose. Um, but honestly, health is just something that's, that's meant to make your life better. It's not mm-hmm. meant to be your life. Um, it allows you the energy to do the things you love. It's not about, um, if you like, okay, and here's a metric test. Like if you are lying in bed and you realize that your thoughts are constantly about food, your weight, um, being good enough in, in the health respect, that's a bit of a warning sign. And I want you to think about how can you start to shift your focus so you can be healthy, but then also just live life beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe, maybe you reach out to a healthcare professional and you have a chat about that. Um, and one of the things I do talk about quite often is mental health. And, so I have clinical anxiety. I speak to a counselor and I reckon, why do we wait until we feel like we're drowning to get help? Like I go to a counselor in the same way that I go to the gym where mm-hmm. it's like, I, what do you do? What do you do for your brain health? You know, you look after your muscles and you like preventatively keep them strong, yeah. but what strengthening activities are you doing for your brain? Mm-hmm. So if you are out there and you're thinking, Hey, or maybe I'm not feeling so great. Maybe I do feel down. I don't, you don't have to live like this. You don't have to feel sad every day. You don't have to feel like, um, things are too hard in your life. If you do feel like that, that way, go see a counselor, go see a psychologist. It's amazing. Give it a go. You got nothing to lose. And something we spoke about a bit earlier was about confidence. And yeah. I've kind of read posts and things you've done about this idea of unconditional confidence. Yeah. And I'd love you just to tell us all a bit about that. What does that mean? How do you get to a point like that? Yeah. So, all right. So when it comes to confidence, we're often told, all right, wear this, put on this makeup, and then you're going to feel confident. Mm. Things that, you know, when you when you look a certain way or when you tick all these boxes, that's when you're going to feel confident. Whereas I believe, and I call that conditional confidence. You know, it's conditional on you actually doing all those things to feel good in yourself. Unconditional confidence is a concept I came up with because it refers to when you are not wearing makeup or you're not doing those things, do you still feel worthy and good in yourself? And this is the goal that we ultimately, I think we need to try to get to where strip bare, we are, know that we are, we are worthy and, and, and we, you know, and what that basically means is it's a new way of thinking about confidence where maybe it's a, challenge where we don't wear makeup for a week and we just see the reaction. We get so sucked into this idea that we need to look perfect in, in, in order to be okay. Um, and it changes how we think about things. Um, trying to be less judgmental of other people, you're mm. going to notice that that's going to help you with your unconditional confidence so that you can have bad body image days. And we all do. Some days you will look in the mirror and you'll be like, wow, yeah. <laughs> is that me? Or you'll see a photo of yourself and you go, I just hate how I look. That's kind of normal. I just, it's okay to have these bad body image days. What we got to do is kind of go, it is not your life's purpose to look beautiful and amazing and gorgeous from every angle. Like it's just not, you will take good photos and you'll take bad photos. You'll have good days where you look really awesome and your other days where you don't, that is okay. You are more than just like how pretty you are on any Mm -hmm. certain day. Um, And I think just having that self-talk where you remind yourself, no, I don't need to like be perfect. I think that really helps with that whole unconditional confidence. And I'll totally vouch for makeup free days as well. Oh, like, yeah. that <laughs> Skin's never felt takes, so good. It takes a lot to get me in a load of makeup these days. <laughs> and is that something, cause I know you posted when you came back from Fiji and we spoke about your holiday earlier, that you felt like that had been the first holiday you'd mm. had in a long time where you'd really felt that unconditional confidence and it wasn't associated with, you know, how you felt you looked on the beach and wearing makeup and things like that. And, you know, was that the case for you? It was the first holiday ever. 
ever that yeah. I've gone away and, and, and I didn't spend the whole time thinking about how I was going to fix my body when I got home. See, mm. normally what would happen is I'd be like, oh, YOLO, holiday, go on the holiday, start relaxing around. Well, I'm always relaxed, but, but like eat and, and be merry and enjoy. And then I'd start to feel my body changing or I'd see a bad photo of myself and I start to go, I can't believe I look like that. And very quickly, instead of being able to enjoy the holiday, I'd start thinking about when I got back home, how I was going to make myself look better, how I was going to lose the weight. Um, I couldn't get over how I looked, how I looked bad in certain photos. And I think this is really normal. Not normal. It's widespread, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I don't want this to be the norm anymore. Um, so this was the first holiday where, as I said, had cocktails in a hammock, enjoyed myself, lived my best life, had a burger or had a salad, didn't really worry about it. I just went with what my body really felt like that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and naturally it kind of t- took care of itself because your body has your back. And I think we forget that. Um, and it was, it's super liberating. I, ultimately, a lot of my work, all I want is for, for people to realize that you should be feeling I, – I want you to feel confident in how you look. I love that idea of your body having your back. That's such a good mm. – it's short but sweet, but it just <laughs> – yeah, it's a great thing to keep in mind, I yeah, think. So, yeah. And obviously I think you're on holes with your family and your partner. And I'd love to know, you know, there's a big – because I know family for me is a massive part of my – self-care, how I look after myself, what I come back to, you know, when I need that support. And, you know, what does self-care look like for you personally? Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned family because I think, you know, my husband's been a really great supporter of me this whole time. And kind of, he's the one who kind of reminds me on days where I feel a little bit self-conscious that you're actually worth more than what you look like. Self-care for me is different at any time. So when I was on holiday, it was on the small island and I couldn't actually exercise that much. So I kind of, I craved exercise and that was really cool. Mm. This idea that actually if you stop giving yourself these rules that you do start to crave these things. So self-care sometimes is going for a long walk and I, I walk because it really helps me with my mental health. Mm. Um, it's not something, it used to be about punishment. It used to be about burning as many calories and looking a certain way. And now it's very much about taking care of myself. It might also just be lying on the couch watching YouTube. Like it can be anything on any given day or it's, or it's cooking and cooking a meal. There are so many different things and it, it constantly varies. I do struggle with the idea of, um, you know, my work-life balance yeah. because I feel like, you know, when, when Instagram is your work, <laughs> yeah. the lines are blurry, my friend. Lines. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I want to get better at that. But I always, I always just make the time to, to exercise each day. I give myself permission to have that time. If I don't kind of allow that to happen, then, you know, very soon I get to the anxiety builds up and I get insomnia and I can't fall asleep for four hours and that's okay. Life is, health is a pendulum. It's constantly swinging a little bit. This idea that you have to constantly be on perfect health is, is, you know, irrelevant. Mm. And ultimately all it is about is adjusting your sail. Like if you go a little bit too far over to the left, you adjust it slightly. And we keep having that dance until we kind of like sit, you know, swim somewhere in the middle. Mm. Um, you can't expect yourself to constantly be perfect in all areas of your health. It is just not a there will be different areas that slip up and yeah. that's okay that's life yeah that's it. I remember someone saying to me once about that idea that when you are feeling overwhelmed or you feel like everything's got a bit too hectic is the idea of coming back to your anchors and mm. maybe that could just be one or two 
key things that if everything else has a slip, those are the things that will ground you. And, you know, for me, like it's sleep and like you going for a walk mm. and my family. And that's the kind of key things. And, you know, would you say they're similar kind of things for you? Yeah, I love that. I mm. love that. I also having some parameters around social media use mm. is really useful. Like I don't sleep with my phone next to me. It's in that's another good. room. I have an alarm clock, like like old school. Old school know, alarm old clock. School alarm clock. <laughs> um, and, and that really helps. I think so many of us, we spend so many hours each day on social media. Um, and I, if you guys, if you guys can go into the settings of your phone and just do a bit of a quick look, you can actually see usage and see how many hours you're con- current, currently spending on social media. Maybe it's not a lot, or maybe you're like most people and it's three to four hours a day. Mm. And then you're wondering why you don't have time in your life to do the things that you want to do. And you're wondering why you're anxious and overwhelmed and feeling like you're, you know, not perfect enough. So check that unfollow the the people who make you feel crappy about yourself and opt into more people who make you feel good about yourself. Um, I found a lot of people who were really body positive, really helped me feel really good about myself. Um, there's cool people. I, on my on my website, I've got like a whole list of my favorite body positive like people to follow. Mm. Um, you just get a really nice dose of self-love. Have you got anyone in particular? I was going to ask you that actually a bit later. Any people you'd recommend, whether it's social media or maybe they have a book or a blog or something, some really positive influences in your social media? Well, you got to follow Jamila Jamil. Of course. Um, from, she does iWay, so follow iWay as well. I mean, I love Ashley Graham because she's just like a dose of self-love. Oh, my goodness. That girl is so beautifully confident. She's She kills it. I love yeah. her. Let me see if anyone else comes to mind. There's there's just there's so many people out there who kind of call out the bullshit and mm. do really cool stuff. iWay is a fantastic one. You're yeah, so right. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Um, yeah. Have you felt like – have there been times you could tell us about where you've really needed to take that step back from social media or you've found that you really need to take that step back just to look after yourself? You're going through a challenging time or something? Oh, totally. So about four months ago, my dad passed away yeah. and I definitely had a step back there. Like that was yeah. a really – yeah, I was just like I didn't didn't care. It was, it was really tough as well because my book came out a month earlier. Mm. So like book comes out, yay, 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 and then – my dad passed away and it's like yeah. suddenly it gave really huge perspective. And yes, like all this stuff's so meaningful. And yet at the same time, it's like, what does it really matter? Like, yeah. you know, so I think I'm able to do that where I do step away. And hey, if you do see me gone missing for a little bit, I'm, I'm either taking care of myself. I'm all good. I'm just doing what I need to. And often when I go on holiday, I get off social media mm-hmm. and people are like, oh, but like there's so much to like Instagram story. I'm like, yes, but you don't need to know every movement of my day. I think it's really tough when you are your brand. I'm the face of whatever I do. So I'm always me. (laughs) So it doesn't matter where I go. I'm always working in a way like in that respect. I lie in bed at night. Like honestly, I'm always thinking about work because it revs me up. Um, Creating those lines is is super blurry. Also like Instagram stories has now become the way that people communicate and, and watch content. It used to be feed. People don't even do that anymore. No. So you're kind of having to commit to uploading your day every day. Mm. Um, and, and people are okay if they don't see it as well, but it does take a long, a lot of time to have to think about every minute of the day. What am I, what's interesting to people? What's not interesting to yeah, people? What am I going to upload? Um, yeah. It's a strange world that we live in these days. I don't know if it's a conducive to, to good mental health, but I think that Instagram and social media can actually be a great thing as well. Mm. Like it's the duality of it. Like it has, it can help you accept your body. It can help you learn how to eat healthily. It can help mm. you with your exercise. It can do these great things. 
So it's just about learning to use it a bit better. Yeah. And knowing your own personal boundaries, I guess, with it, like you say, what makes you feel good and what doesn't make you feel so great and Mm. when you can take that step back. So obviously, you know, you were saying about your book and your program, you know, so much is going on for you work-wise at the moment. You contribute to media, contribute to TV, you've made the time to be here today. You know, what's next for you work-wise or is it just, you know, focus on what's going on right now? Yeah, well, I mean, Back to Basics is basically me doing workouts with people constantly. So you you join me and and, and I'll constantly be filming stuff and um, creating new recipes. That's what I'm doing all day, every day at the moment. And that's really exciting. It's been a really full-on year for me in terms of life and work and I guess for me, I'm at this point now where I think I don't want to, I want to do a little bit more where I, I'm keen for change and I'd like to start seeing normal sized mannequins. I would like to start to see, um, health being taught in schools, mm. body image being integrated into schools. I would like to see, um, you know, healthy food being accessible to people who can't really afford it. There's some changes that I'd love to start to see. So I think I'd like to start doing more of that kind of work, um, whilst continuing to do stuff like, you know, Instagram versus reality posts on, yes. on Instagram to help give, <laughs> remind us all that actually you don't need to be perfect and it's, it's all good. Yeah. What about personally as well? Is there anything you've got that you're kind of going to be focusing on this year or anything else coming up? Um, I'm going to get a dog. Oh <laughs> that is God. like a real priority for me. We're going to get a Bernese mountain dog, which is oh, this gorgeous. massive thing. So that's Yeah, really, they're huge, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to Europe with my mum soon. My dad, before he passed away, he wanted my mum to go on an epic holiday. And so I said I'd go with her. So we're going to be doing that in August. So that's going to be brilliant. And then I'm turning 30 in January next year. So <gasps> Big 3-0. Oh, it's, yeah, I'm excited. Each, each year I, I like love myself more. Like, like you know, people are like, oh – They'll they'll be like, oh, I don't know. They're scared of getting older. I'm like, I love it. It's I'm feeling so much more confident and comfortable. Um, Intelligence switched on. Like each year gets better and better. So there's nothing to be worried about. I can't bring on thirty. Bring on. Thirty's the best. Yeah, yeah, I love so. (laughs) And then just before we wrap up, just a couple of kind of quick fire type ones. I always think it's fun to ask people. A wellness trend you'd love to see the back of. Oh, or de- detox, the teas, detox, teas. detox teas and anything that any diets, really any meal plans. Yeah. Mm. One you'd love to see. Oh, I'd love people to stop focusing on cutting out food and start focusing on adding in more vegetables, mm-hmm. like crowd in more of the healthy stuff. That's it. Fun fact that people may not know about you. I really, really like to dance. Like, I really enjoy it. Like, I used to do salsa with my husband. Oh. I don't even know if we're really that good. Like, we just twirl around matter, a little yeah. and stumble about. Like, but I just really, it brings me joy. And I, I should do more of it. Do you do it around the kitchen? Like, especially if you guys are making recipes oh together now, all the things. In Back to Basics, it's pretty much like a montage of me dancing and cooking. Like, that's what you get in the program. <laughs> and more. That's like the best sell for it ever. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, come join me for dancing in the kitchen. <laughs> And just lastly, the number one tip, if people were going to take just one thing away from our chat, which I hope they take away way more things, but if it was just one thing, what would you want people to take away? Mm, Find the enjoyment zone. I think so often we, yeah, the enjoyment zone is basically this idea of 
feel good in the movement that you do. If exercise feels painful or unenjoyable, you're doing it wrong. If, if the food that you're, the healthy food that you're eating isn't enjoyable, that's not right. It shouldn't be that way. So if that means you need to add in some feta or some salad dressing to make that taste really good or add in some carbohydrates so that that actually excites you, then do it. Or if it means that instead of going for a run, that you slow down to a walk, but you enjoy that entire process, that is what creates consistency. It's not about willpower. It's not about rules. It's not about scheduling into your diary. When you enjoy something, you naturally want to do it. So let's find enjoyment in in healthy eating and exercise, and then it's going to become a lot easier. It's like the perfect note to end on. Lindy, thank you so much. You're a total legend. Yeah, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you, Thank you. Thanks for listening to Women's Health Uninterrupted. We hope you enjoyed the episode and found something inspiring to take into your day. If you'd like to leave a review, we would love to hear from you. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss out on an episode. For more from us, pick up the latest copy of Women's Health magazine or check out womenshealth.com.au. If you've been affected by the themes in this episode, book in for a chat with your GP. For support around body image issues and eating disorders, contact the Butterfly Foundation's National Helpline on 1800 or email support at thebutterflyfoundation.org.au. For mental health support, contact Beyond Blue on 1300 or Lifeline.